This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Our Breakfast with Ben's Letters from Camp podcast from St. Vincent College brought to you by Bella Construction, a five-star North Huntington-based locally owned and operated roofing, siding, and window contractor, proudly serving the community and its homes for over 20 years. Bella will beat any competitor's quote plus $250 off of it. Please visit mybellaroof.com or you can call them at 724-515-5163. That's 724-515-5163 for Bella Construction. Welcome to another one of our fantasy sports podcasts here at Trib Live on the Fans First Network. Tim Benz with you. It is our weekly fantasy check-in with Jeff Erickson from Rotowire, best fantasy analyst, best fantasy site in the business. And today we're brought to you by Bella Construction, a locally owned and operated roofing, siding, and window company that will beat any local competitor's quote plus $250. Visit mybellaroof.com to schedule your quote today. Bella sponsoring all of our podcasts during training camp at St. Vincent College in Latrobe for the Steelers. We'll talk some Steelers specifically in just a moment. But, Jeff, drafts are sneaking up. Maybe some have had them already. I know we're about a month away. We're going with Labor Day weekend. I like to go late. I like to have all the information. I like to have some of the injuries out of the way. So I know what's going on there. But, I was curious about the story that Mario Puig had posted on your site at Rotowire about the zero running back strategy. How literal should we take that phrase, zero running back strategy, and what goes into it? How popular is it? Um, it, It's, you know, grown in its popularity in the last 10 years. It it probably didn't have a label at one point in time. You know how those things kind of go. And someone, you know, ran it and, and, coined it and kind of you know gave some structure to it there uh whereas other people might have just drafted that way in the past but it is growing in its popularity and it's been effective it's effective in uh, best ball drafts a lot it's also effective in uh you know managed leagues a lot too where you can pick up free agents off the waiver wire the idea behind the strategy is that running backs are fragile uh they 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 get hurt they lose their job they're, they're role dependent a little bit more often than not they have a short career span and you see it you know year after year let me just look at last year jonathan taylor was the consensus 1.1 pick last year and he got hurt he was miserable um it was a really rough season for him uh and he got hurt the offensive line was bad and if you you invested a lot in uh jonathan taylor you're pretty disappointed i mean the the whole counter argument is if you got austin eckler you're pretty darn happy but yes i was um, (laughs) yeah exactly but we've seen this from time and time again you know Running backs hit the cliff way before we expected them to. Sean Alexander, Todd Gurley. Uh, there, there's plenty of examples you can cite. Uh, it's very rare that uh, they go 
into even even often even into their late twenties, let alone early thirties, at being a productive back. Do you embrace it? I've used it. Um, I like I like going with one running back. You know, a lot, a lot of people call it anchor or hero uh, back strategy, where you get a a, a sure thing. Uh, well, not sure thing, but it's, nothing's a sure thing in life. But a running back that appears to be locked in with full roll, full full peak of his powers in the first two rounds, get one of them, fill out your other uh, positions, and then come back to running back and go with volume for that second spot. The cover boy for the story that Mario posted is former Pitt Panther, former Pittsburgh Steeler James Conner. How does he fit mm-hmm. into that mold? So he's one of the guys he target in that mode uh, with that, uh, because Connor is you know you look at his average pr- price uh, in drafts. He he's he's not an expensive running back to get, and you know his usage is still going to be pretty high. Uh, Connor on average is running back twenty seven in the NFBC. Uh, that that equates to about pick seventy five, so six or seven round. Perfect time to go ahead and take a, a leap at some of those sort of guys. You mentioned heroes, anchors. Who falls under that category for you this year in drafts? Well, I mean, if you get Barkley or Bijan or or, or obviously Eckler uh, or McCaffrey, there you go. You're pretty well set. Uh, Taylor was in that class for me until all the shenanigans that started at the start of training camp happened. Now, now he's down lower on the list and obviously is a lot less safe than he once was where's Najee for you he is so he's interesting if you're running a zero or anchor running back strategy you're probably not taking Najee Harris he probably usually goes in the third round there's a lot of you know quarterbacks wide receivers and tight ends in that range that people like um that doesn't mean it's wrong to take him in the third round by any means if if he gets there I, I like it, and I like that the Steelers, I feel like they've upgraded their offensive line. I feel like what they did towards the second half of last year, you could see that unit starting to gel. And, of course, Najee had you know fully recovered from his foot injury by then, and that was a big deal. You know that That's that's the other thing about running backs in training camp. Sometimes we don't know the severity of injuries. Teams like the Steelers are very notorious for covering up the severity of injuries. Jeff Erickson with us from Rotowire. Check out his work. Check out Rotowire, rotowire.com. Jeff, on the topic of the Steelers, any big movers and shakers from them, either moving up or moving down in the uh, draft order that you've seen lately? Well, every time George Pickens makes a highlight real catch, uh, you know, I think an angel gets his wings and he moves up two spots uh, or something of that nature. People <laughs> want to make him out to be the number one wide receiver. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. I think he's going to make the spectacular plays like he did the other day against Porter. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know if the volume is going to be there. I think Deontay gets still more volume than Pickens. And it's a team that does, it still isn't going to be one of the more prolific passing offenses in the game. Jeff, one thing I'm looking at with the Steelers is touchdown production, and even with Pickens, I'm not sure how much that translates. I'm still as confused as I was going into training camp in that context. They run their red zone Mm -hmm. drills all the time, and the guys that seem to stand out are Connor Hayward and Allen Robinson, and I don't think they're you know, (laughs) at the top of anybody's draft order. They really seem to be random when it comes to their um, potential touchdown selection, and and that stands out for the Steelers because they were so inefficient at scoring from distance whatever touchdowns they got were in the red zone 
Yeah, that's right. And that's why Deontay Johnson was such a disappointment last year because they didn't use him a whole lot there. And they didn't have as many opportunities as we would have liked either. I, I think some of that is random, just happenstance. Uh, I think it was a function of the quarterback play, a function of the offensive line, not giving the quarterback a whole lot of time. Um, but I think both Johnson and Firemuth will have positive regression in the red zone this year. Jeff, let's get to some baseball. Trade deadline time. Uh, the biggest ripple that you saw from what happened in reality to the fantasy world was what? Was it the movement from the Mets? Yeah, of course. Uh, the Mets uh, trading away Scherzer and Verlander and and kind of suggesting that even next year won't be their year. And this is more a 25 and 26 in mind. How'd you feel about what happened with Verlander and Scherzer? What do you think about how they're going to go for the rest of the year? Well, I, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic about Verlander than Scherzer. Uh, I, I think both will be better than they were at times earlier this season. Verlander, remember, started the year hurt. Um, and, you know, he isn't missing bats like he used to, but I think he's also gotten a little bit better on recent outings. I think being in Houston is a pretty ideal landing spot for him. Obviously, we've seen the success he's had there before. I think it's a good pitcher's park. I think you got to, you know, one of the elite defensive catchers and Maldonado behind the plate. That can only help. Um, I, I think he, he's going to, you know, be pretty good. And it, it's not like it's a city he has to get used to. You know, he knows the city already, too. So I think that that works in his favor. Jeff, in Pittsburgh, there were a lot of eyes on David Bednar. Would he move? Mitch Keller, would he move? I know you're out in California. There's a lot of scuttlebutt back here in Pittsburgh about the Dodgers trying to get Keller. How much were you hearing out there? And are Dodger fans disappointed that he didn't go? Sure. Um, I, I think the Dodgers were really late, desperate, trying to get you know, they thought they had a deal for Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez that fell through. That was obviously a pretty big story storyline. Um, and once that fell through, they were scrambling. And I, I think it was going to take, you know, a, a whole lot to go ahead and get Keller. And the, the, one of the big stories here is it was a, you know, it was a seller's market for pitching, and the, certain teams just refused to participate in that. Uh, I'm looking at you, Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> literally did not participate in that. Just super frustrating there. Uh, but, you know, the Dodgers, they, they weren't going to get the big contract like Scherzer or Verlander uh, with them kind of wanting to be able to go after Otani this offseason. And then they, they, they're they kind of shopping in that mid-tier. They got Lance Lynn. They were going to hope to get uh, Erod, and that would have been sufficient for them to get some veteran arms. I still, you know, one might question their aspirations or motivations for that um, and just say, just spend the money because you're a billion-dollar franchise and you can afford it. But uh, that that's a whole other debate for another day. But, uh, you know, getting back to Keller and Bednar, I, you know, they didn't have to go. That, there, there was no urgency for the, the Pirates to trade them. So I'm not surprised they didn't go. Sounds like you need some therapy, Jeff. So uh, let loose on the Reds. <laughs> sure. Um Here's the thing. I understand the argument about playing with house money. Yes, they're way ahead of schedule. But the fact is, they're in first place. Not like, oh, hey, we're two games over 500. We got a chance here. They're in first place. And you you just absolutely have to take advantage of this rare opportunity where the Cardinals are a losing team for the first time since 2007. The Mets are selling off. The Padres are well below 500, well below you. I mean, the Brewers head-to-head -head did beat them pretty comfortably, but they're done playing the Brewers. 
you know, they're done with that. They had this big series coming up against the Cubs, a team that's on fire at the plate. You could just see this train wreck coming, and they, they kept their powder dry. They got a 31-year-old uh, journeyman reliever from the A's, and that's it. That's the list. Um, we don't know that we, we don't know the offers that were out there. We never will, but, I, you know, I, you, you have to do something. You, you've got this fan base that showed up for you. You had like 14 sellouts uh, ever since calling up L.A. De La Cruz. You got to reward the players and the fans for that. When you have this rare opportunity, when you're in, it's again, they're in first place in their division. Uh, you, you just have to, to address clear and obvious needs. It wasn't like it's like, oh, we don't know what to do. I mean, there was an obvious need out there, and they just didn't do it. Finally, Jeff, you've got a note. It's your top note right now on the front page when it comes to baseball. It should be top of mind for all baseball fans, particularly fantasy owners, AL only leagues in particular. Shane McClanahan uh, sent back to Florida. He's got forearm tightness. That can't be good. Uh, makes you trace back how far it's been a struggle for him. My gosh, going back to, well, June the 16th, he's sitting there at 11-1 with a 2-12 ERA. They've only, he's only lost one of his starts since then, but he's at a 329 ERA now. He's been average to bad since that mid-June line against the San Diego Padres. Uh, not good news for him if he's got forearm tightness now. Yeah, and he had back problems earlier, too. So, you know, this is kind of watching this kinetic chain. You're worried about that. You're worried about uh, he's had some injury history last year, too. Remember, second half of the season he wore down, had the shoulder inflammation. Um, this is something you're really worried about, especially if you're the Rays who and you've already lost, you know, Springs. You've lost Rasmussen. Glass now took a really long time to come back and, you know, has had mixed results since coming back. They did go and trade for Savali, and they pay, paid a pretty hefty price in Manzardo for that one there, too. So uh, I, I understand the reticence, and, and, you know, you know, I understand, like, I'd be a little wary of, like, the Rays' postseason betting odds, for instance, because I think the pitching is just not enough. Jeff, what else can people find at Rotowire this week? You know, every day we got all sorts of fantasy football news, strategy articles, training camp notes. Uh, every day we have a baseball podcast. Every day we have a football podcast. You guys can check it all out. Rotowire.com slash free gets you a free peek behind the paywall. And we, we're running something that uh, right now where if you get a free trial with us, uh, we donate a dollar to fantasycares.org, a great organization that buys Christmas toys for underprivileged children every year. It's part of uh, the Scott Fishbowl organization. Uh, we've been doing, we, we extended this uh, free trial offer from, it was going to end in July, but we decided to extend it all the way to August 13th. So rotowire.com slash free. You can do good and do well at the same time. Awesome, Jeff. Thanks. We'll do it again next week. Okay. You bet. Thanks, Tim. Jeff Erickson from Rotowire.